Hi, and welcome to the teachings of CoChurch. We want to grow in our relationship with Jesus and help you to do the same. We are passionate about real community, so please reach out to us and connect by visiting our website www.co-church.org or joining us in person every Sunday as we gather. We hope this talk is helpful. Today is the start of a series, three Sundays, so three parts to this series, that we are simply calling Future Church, the church that we want to become. I have been around a church environment for many, many years where it's fairly typical now at the beginning of a new year to put before the congregation of people the vision for the church. Now, that language is something that I wasn't overly familiar with until I came into a church environment. I know in a corporate setting that has become quite strong in corporate culture, setting vision, finding mission statements and making it clear for everybody. But essentially, if you're talking about a vision, what is the vision of the church? In essence, it's about what do we see in the days to come. So it's about seeing and what the future could look like. So for us, I believe this to be a defining series that we will always have at the beginning of a new year, which sets the trajectory for us as a community. I believe it is far more important that our focus is on who we become before it is on what we do. From my perspective, I believe that it is in our becoming that we will see longevity and consistency and ultimately sincerity and authenticity in what we do. Think about that statement as to the church we want to become. Not the church that Tam and Bev want us to become. It's the church we want to become. Now, I appreciate that I'm the one standing with the microphone and I'm delivering something of what is in my heart that I believe God is orchestrating for us. But the desire is, is that this is us becoming. That we choose in these moments to really open our hearts to receive and believe that God would actually align us by His Spirit, that we would be in unison as to what it is we hope to become. So this is about you and I owning our journey in becoming what God has called us to be. I hadn't, up until a few days ago, felt very strongly to put a particular statement or word or scripture over 2022 for Co-Church. I wasn't even necessarily looking for it. I didn't feel like I needed to escape to the mountains to find the word for us. I mean, in essence, the word is available to us every single moment of our lives, and it's right there in black and white and paper or digital format. And so I was in this consistency of reading, studying, looking at what God is saying to me and therefore perhaps to us. And I was reading my daily devotion about three or four days ago. The way that I read my Bible is I will read just one chapter a day. That's all I'll do. One chapter, I'll spend as much time as I can in that one chapter and believe that I can 
really open it up and see God do something in my life. So I'll read one chapter from the Old Testament. The next day I'll read one chapter from the New Testament and just kind of work my way through the Bible. I was in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And right towards the end of the chapter, it's a long chapter because the final verse of 1 Corinthians chapter 15 is verse 58. (laughs) Long chapter. And it is the Apostle Paul speaking to the church in Corinth, and he goes on to encourage them and encourage them in their faith. But then he uses this one statement or one phrase, and he calls the believers of Jesus to stand firm. You can take a moment and read it for yourself in your own time and hopefully allow it to settle into your spirit. He says it again in 1 Corinthians 16, which is the final chapter of that letter to the church in Corinth at that time. And again, he implores them to stand firm in their faith. And for me, that statement, stand firm, resonated with me, not just for me, because that's actually how I try and approach my devotional reading is even in the capacity that I find myself being the pastor of this community, you can always lead towards, okay, what is God saying to me for them? I try to approach my Bible reading for what is God just saying to me? Like, this is my time with him, you know? But this is a word that resonated with me to try and now get across to us that I feel as if that is a word for us, to stand firm. Now, you might think that I'm going towards the concept of standing firm because there's going to be some challenges that come at us. That's actually not the approach that I'm taking. Uh, I don't want this to be a doomsday prophecy to anybody here to make you feel a little bit concerned or anxious. I don't feel in God particularly that there are some storms coming at you, okay? Life is life, and who knows, the last three years, there have been plenty of storms But I'm not speaking about it from that perspective. I've felt to speak into a sense to stand firm actually requires us to find a place to settle and to embed ourselves in a place. Because that's the only way that you can stand firm. I felt to put the call to us, now is the time to choose to settle. Let's not wait for circumstance. But you and I, in our hearts, choose to embed ourselves in a place. And I'm going to put that call to us that you would choose to embed yourself in a local church. A local church environment whereby you would constantly be fed the nourishment of the life of Christ. Now, if that is our church, amazing. But it doesn't have to be our church. But at least let it be a church, a place where you can find your fit, where you can settle, where you can now bring life to add to what the life is. So in that, because this is a three-part series, um, on Sunday the 6th of February, which is part three, so please be here for all parts because there will be a final exam. (laughs) Probably doesn't sound the most enticing, eh? There will be a million rand. (laughs) Definitely won't be that. Um, But be a part of this journey particularly. And then Sunday the 6th of February, I am, we are actually going to commission people into being planted 
in our church, should you choose to do so. But I, I feel like it is important that even just for 2022, I'm not expecting a five-year or a ten-year or lifetime commitment, but it's choosing to say, I am here, at least for this year. And not here, meaning this building, but here in life, and I'm going to embed myself, and I'm going to trust God for what the year is going to look like. So 6th of February, we're going to do that. And then also, I thought it would be very cool to do, we want to invite people to be water baptized. And if you've never been water baptized, I want you to prayerfully consider what that would look like and to come and have a conversation with myself or Tam and really bring some understanding to what that step is. Future church, the church we want to become. The first thing that I wanted to highlight today in who we want to become as a church, we want to become a church who is deeply formed by Christ. A church who is deeply formed by Christ. John chapter 15 is where we're going to go to. Have a look at John 15. There's a fairly large portion of scripture, so stay with me. If you find yourself nodding slightly, just jump to your feet. Pretend as if you're worshiping Jesus and everyone else will be awesome with you. Jesus speaking. He says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will bear even more fruit. You are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Verse 4, remain in me. Verse 4, Jesus speaking, remain in me. In me. As I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will. Not you might but you will bear much fruit. Now, bearing in mind, fruit is one of those beauties of nature which tend to be fairly volatile. You can never be entirely sure as to what crop you might receive, the quality of the fruit, but there are some controllable factors. The environmental factors are controllable from an agricultural perspective. Not necessarily the weather, but definitely the condition of the soil, the environments and the way in which we tend to what our crop is. But fruit tends to appear when fruit wants to appear. There's times and there's seasons. So appreciate that although Christ is now speaking to us and declaring to us that we will bear fruit, timing still belongs to him. Sovereignty is still his and there are seasons. And so we embrace seasons and we live in seasons. The control aspect of our lives is to remain. That is the cultivation. That is us caring for to see the fruit take place in time and season. 
that we would remain in God. I love in the book of Psalms uh, where the psalmist tells us that the righteous will flourish like a palm tree and will grow old. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. Verse 14, they will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green. I love that thought as to us remaining in the vine, that we are the branch, Jesus is the vine, that if we abide in him, if we remain in him, there will be fruit in our lives and we will find ourselves living in a fertile, fresh, green place. And it's for every single one of us. He goes on to say this, that apart from me, you can do nothing, which... We would know it's not entirely literal because we can do things without Jesus. All of us can, and everyone does. To a large degree, many people are doing things without following and believing in Jesus. But what he is speaking about is that if we desire God fruit, if we desire eternal treasures, if we desire kingdom significance apart from Christ, those types of fruit will be impossible in our lives. You think about the context of our church. I feel like even in this journey so far, I have fluctuated and I've had to challenge myself that I find myself on occasion living out of my human effort and then continually trying to come back into that place of God's grace where it is by his spirit and not by our might. But that eternal God-given fruit. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown in the fire, and burned. Heavy. (laughs) Heavy. Okay. Now, you could go straight away to perhaps a default, which I believe would be theologically accurate, that could suggest this speaks about judgment, and it speaks about that time where perhaps there's going to be a line drawn in the sand. I also see it from another angle when I start to look at what other Bible verses correlate with this. And if you think about what to be burned is, it's like if you, we we had a braai yesterday afternoon, you take coals, you put them in the fire. Let's just say you're from Cape Town. You don't touch coals. You'll just use wood. Um, So you put the wood in the fire. That wood still has like energy to it. It still has life in it. It still has, but as soon as it is burned, No longer useful, other than perhaps putting ash into the soil, which helps with your acidity. Just putting it out there. But I I see that as Jesus calling us and, and us becoming a church who is deeply formed in Christ. It's us abiding in the sustenance of life. It's us drawing from life itself. And that if we choose to disconnect we would find ourselves coming to being brittle and dry and withered and then ultimately burned out. That notion of being burned out is something that is prevalent, right? Society, life at large. I don't know how you're feeling right now. Perhaps that's even touching on something in your life. You're just feeling as if you are at the end of yourself. There is a dryness to you. There is a lacking of energy. There is a burnt out. 
Now, there are ways and means to see life being re-energized. And I want to encourage you to give thought to that, to, to give self-care to that. If you need to actually start to see some professional help, that is something we would absolutely encourage. But if I could say this, please let that re-energizing begin in Jesus. And if you're thinking to yourself, man, there is a dryness or there is an emptiness or, or, or there is a, there is a, a, I've hit maxed out. I want to call and question you. How much time are you choosing to abide in the vine? And it's a simple question, but let me tell you, it is a life-giving, life-defining concept. For us to be deeply formed by Christ is who we want to become as a church and as believers. There are many things in this life to pursue. There are many things in this life that are pursuing us. We want to become a church that pursues Jesus. Jesus is our pursuit. And so in that desire to become deeply formed by Christ, what that desire leads to is a sense of what does that look like practically? Because there is always practical elements to it, right? We live in a tangible time and space. It's a physical world. We live not just in a spiritual realm, but that we through natural means can engage in a spiritual God. And so I want to implore you and will continue to implore us because this is future church. This is in the time to come. This is a part of the fabric as to who we are. We want to be people who are deeply formed by Christ. So how does that look like in your day to day? How, how does that look like in the start of your day and the end of your day? How does that look like in the rhythms of your life, the schedule of your life? If, if we are choosing to become deeply formed by Christ, we have to realize that we play a part in it. God made the first move. That first move for us is Jesus. It's up to us now to abide. Because we can see the language that Jesus is speaking to them about. He says, abide in me and I will abide in you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. I can tell you now without a shadow of a doubt, if it was not for a conscious choice to remain in Jesus, I would not be sitting here before you today. Just in everything of what life has thrown at us in the last three to four years. But by the grace of God. That is me not even kind of overemphasizing it or trying to sound cliche. That is just the honest truth. But I can attest to you that Jesus is the life-giving vine. And if you are looking for sustenance, energy, wholeness, it's found in Christ. It is him. That um, word I've used quite specifically to be formed. Tam has a passion for pottery. And she is actually really good. Like 
She's done pottery courses, been in pottery classes, and has created some incredible pieces. Seriously, like she, yeah, she's got a, a creative gift for that and other creative ways. The thing about pottery is you can shape raw materials, raw, unformed materials through simply using your hands into something beautiful and useful. God is known as the potter. And we are known as jars of clay. And if you look at even the creation story, here is God, creator God, forming mankind from the raw materials of earth, from the dust of the ground, and bringing us to life by his breath and by his life. But the amazing thing about our creator, about God, Father, is that he has designed us to be malleable. We, in literal design, our bodies are designed in such a way that we can be changed and transformed. Um, Some of you will know, but 2021 for me was uh, pursuing a personal passion that I have uh, with regards to coaching. And I have a great friend in the United Kingdom who is a phenomenal coach, uh, has set up a coaching practice over the last 10 years, and I managed to participate in an accreditation process with her organization to become an executive coach. And so a part of that process, you are um, required to read certain things. It's a part of the curriculum. One of the books that we had to read was a book written by a tennis coach, which was interesting straight away. I'm like, this is executive coaching and corporate coaching and life coaching, and why are we required to read a book about from a tennis coach? The book is titled The Inner Game of Tennis. This author has now actually become known as a master coach, has been uh, accredited with really being one of the pioneers as to what life coaching, executive coaching, coaching in general can be. And the reason why he titled the book The Inner Game of Tennis is that he speaks of tennis that there's two games always going on. One game is the very obvious game that you and I see that requires the physical shot making. And what people tend to do is they bring their focus and their energy into the externals of tennis and into improving their skill with shot making. But what he came to realize that actually the most important game is the inner game. The inner game of our mind the inner game of our soul, the inner game of our emotions, the inner game that would be renewed and transformed because that is the role of a coach to be a catalyst to transformation, to seeing improved performance. What he found was that there was always a larger and more accelerated trajectory with performance if players concentrated on the inner game not just the outer game. If you think about it, even in our biology, 
uh, you know, neuroscientists will tell us that our brains are literally transformable. We're not just born with a brain and that brain stays as is right through to our adulthood. Even in this very moment, as brain dead as you might be feeling. Our brains are known as having a plasticity to them. That there can be a rewiring and a refiring. And that biologically, we are designed to be transformed. And that is what the message of Christ is about. I used to think that to be a Christian and to follow Jesus is about behavior modification. Because I was doing a bunch of stuff wrong, A, I thought I was never good enough to be a Christian. But then B, I didn't necessarily want to become a Christian because I'm like, I quite like doing those things that I used to do wrong. And I was so focused on what people had communicated that to be a Christian is just about fixing up your life to be good enough for God. I'm sorry to put the news out to you. It's never going to happen. (laughs) You, in yourself, will never be good enough. But here's the beauty. God knows that, and he loves you anyway. He loves you right now in this moment, whether you love him or not. He loves you in this moment right now as much as he ever will love you. And he will love you no more in the future than he loves you right now. Because his love is actually not dependent on us being accredited through our actions for his love. His love is determined by who he is. He is love. And so because he is, he extends. And so right now, in this moment, love is for you. It's not about us being good enough. It's not about us changing our behavior. It's not about us cleaning ourselves up on the outside. But it is about opening our lives up enough that God would be at work through Christ and his Holy Spirit, that we would be transformed from the inside. Because to follow Christ is the inner game. And it is about transformation. We can be transformed. But are we abiding? Are we actually choosing to be active in our abiding and remaining in Jesus? So to bring this to a close, um, what that looks like uh, practically is that we are absolutely looking at ways and means in which we can empower you to be deeply formed in Christ. And it might not happen overnight. Well, let me just correct that. It will not happen overnight. But it will be a process that if we commit to, we can see genuine significance and depth and transformation taking place in our life. And if you're hearing this and you're feeling like, oh my gosh, here's another burden that a pastor is putting on me. You're hearing it from the wrong place, okay? Here the sense that our desire is to see you flourish in God. It's not about trying to get you to do more. It's not about trying to fill up your cup even more. It's not about trying to get you to adhere to things. It's trying to say to you, there is life available for you. 
not found in a person, not found in a program, not found definitely in a building, but found in an environment that chooses to pursue Jesus because he is the life. He is where fruitfulness lies. So practically, um, I have been following uh, a church in Portland, Oregon. It's a church called Bridgetown Church. We showed a little clip of the previous pastor. He's moved into a new role, uh, a guy called John Markoma. I, I just came across him over the last two and a bit years, and I love everything of what he teaches and speaks about with regards to becoming deeply formed in Christ. So there is um, some curriculum that actually we could potentially be one of many. Okay, we're not that exclusive, but many of pilot churches that we could be a part of a process that could see great practical ways for us to become more deeply formed in Christ. There is another person who I follow quite closely, uh, a, a pastor from Queens, New York. He has been leading a church for over 30 odd years, but now has created content curriculum called Emotionally Healthy. Emotionally Healthy Discipleship, Spirituality, Church, Leadership. And it speaks of this holistic approach in which we can become more deeply formed in Christ. And so there are other ways and means in which we're going to see this becoming a reality. And again, I wanted to put this to you to say this is where we believe we are to go, to become. Um, you know, you think about that pottery, essentially it's God's hands that shape us. Now there are going to be things in life that choose to shape us. But we have the opportunity to allow them to or not. And my hope is, is that we would allow Christ to be the one shaping and forming us. Let me finish by looking at that passage again. And then I'm going to ask Gemma. I know she's out there with Willow, but she'll come on back in in a second. And Cans, Dion, if you can get ready again, I feel like it's important that we just close again in worship. But let me read this to you. This is Eugene Peterson speaking of John chapter 15. Now it's Jesus speaking, okay? He says it like this. Live in me. Make your home in me just as I do in you. In the same way that a branch can't bear grapes by itself, but only by being joined to the vine. You can't bear fruit unless you are joined with me. I am the vine, Jesus speaking. You are the branches. When you're joined with me and I with you, the relationship intimate and organic. The harvest is sure to be abundant. Separated, you can't produce a thing. Anyone who separates from me is dead wood, gathered up and thrown into the fire. But if you make yourselves at home in me, my words at home in you, you can be sure that whatever you ask for will be listened to and acted upon. This is how my father shows who he is. When you produce grapes, you mature as my disciples. So we want to believe for your life to be fruitful. We want to believe that no matter what the externals are, there is something of transformation taking place on the inside. And we want to become a church who is deeply formed by Christ. If you have any questions about today's teaching or anything else, please email us on hello at co-church.org 
or visit us on our website on www.co-church.org. We gather in person every Sunday here in Umshali on the north coast of KwaZulu-Natal and you are so welcome to join us.